Alrighty. So this is a very unexpected episode that is about to happen here. I said, and uh, it's been like like three episodes now, I think, something like that, where I've talked about how I'm never doing psychedelics again. Like uh, witnessing the infinite power of God was enough to scare the crap out of me to where I would never want to do it again, and so I'm staying away. Well, that's partially true. If you were paying uh, enough attention, I, I kind of refined my statement a little bit, uh, specifically in in, the, in these last couple episodes. I uh, made it clear that I'm done with ayahuasca, okay? But uh, the door is still open uh, in terms of other things, like like mushrooms, for example. In order for my journey, I think, to be complete, and and one could argue that it will never be complete, so, I mean, this is a a, a pitfall, right? But um, there are uh, about four more questions that I need to answer uh, in, in order for me to be like satisfied, I think, with, uh, w- with what I'm looking at, what I'm experiencing, and, and combining that with what other people are, are telling me and stuff like that. Uh, th- there are some things that I need to square away. Certain things that seem to be the truth that I need to make sure is the truth before I dive all in, because it, th- there are some uh, pretty stark uh, implications there if I do. And so far, the thing that has delivered the most truth to me that is is ever imaginable is psychedelics. So I'm sorry, y'all, if I'm going in uh, a couple more times or something like that, but there are these questions. So why am I bringing this up? Well, it's because today, literally today, I did what uh, some people would call a microdose. I really didn't want to do psychedelics anytime soon. I was waiting till like January, but um, th- these kind of fell in my lap in, in a very weird way. I don't need to get into the, all the particulars there, but like a, a little bit kind of fell in my lap, so to speak. And so today I decided to do that little bit, you know, and actually I was just, I was planning on, on working <laughs> while, you know, while microdosing. This is something that people do all the time, by the way, and it helps out with their mental state, et cetera, et cetera. One of the things that I'm working on right now, uh, I have like like three or four different video projects, but I'm also working on my next episode of my podcast. So I was like, well, why not microdose here and and see where my mind goes? Like like it'll help me out, y'all. I didn't take a whole lot really at all, and um, something absolutely unbelievably miraculous happened. Unbelievable stuff, y'all. Unfreaking believable. And I'm just going to play the recording. And just something real quick here. I'll be jumping in every now and then to describe things that either don't make sense or a part of the story that I just kind of paper over and and, and don't uh, give a lot of detail around. Or there are instances also of some amazing things that happen in the background that um, I want to say background like a room over from me. My wife is watching TV and uh, just like that time uh, in the cups trip where uh, the friends was playing and si- and simultaneously these synchronistic things centered around friends were happening in my trip uh, um, something very similar was happening even more so with what she was watching so i'll explain that kind of stuff uh, as well so yeah let's let's jump into the content here we're going to open uh, this this first part is about uh, 15 minutes maybe 20 minutes or so into my experience uh something uh, very drastic and amazing has already happened and i actually explain what happens uh, in, in in this uh, beginning of the recording so we'll, i'll just let that uh, explain itself 
But um, needless to say, at the at the beginning of this, I, I have uh, seen a, a being that I am uh, doing my usual test to try to figure out is if if it's uh, God or or a messenger of God. And so, yeah, let's jump in and let's listen to the absolute miracle that that happened here. If you are a fan of my fire and brimstone kind of stuff, uh, there is a lot of that. Okay. If you are a fan of the incredibly beautiful stuff, I mean, one of the most beautiful things imaginable (laughs) happens. If you are a fan of the synchronistic uh, stuff that happens, this whole episode is just, it's one big giant synchronistic event and then micro synchronicities inside of it that are uh, just unbelievably jaw dropping and they and they just don't stop. It's amazing. So, uh, yes, let's jump in to this point here where I encounter this being and I'm testing it to see if it is uh, God or a messenger. Here we go. So who do I know? How do I know whom I'm talking to right now? You don't, you never will. You never did and you never will. That's kind of the answer that I got. You don't, you never did (laughs) and you never will. You know, I asked whatever it is that's showing me this stuff right now because it didn't flee when I said Jesus Christ the Messiah Yeshua HaMashiach did not flee it started showing me symbols of and I critiqued the symbol I was like this doesn't this looks man made this is not the work that I'm familiar with this can't be. See, this is where I have to question. This can't be. This is that seductress. And we reached to levels where I can't even mention Jesus Christ in front of this thing. And it flees. Stuff like you never have, or you don't, you never have, and you never will, does not sound like the God that I know. Are you throwing a temper tantrum right now because God cast you out? Is that, <laughs> well, that, that really sums everything up, doesn't it? But God cast you out of me earlier, I think. That's what it seemed like. It was an intervention. And I heard the words, you're going to pay. And then it told me to look into the Bible. And the freaking verse says, as I'm going to read it to you right now, buddy, because you need you are going to hear this loud and clear. Oh, you're going to try to... You're trying to screw with my technology right now. I, you know what? I don't even need the technology to tell you what the verse said. It's Romans 16, everyone that's listening. That we will crush you. A, something about 
under the under our feet, and it specifically mentions the word that has been avoiding me all these years. Years plural because it's now the, the two plus two and a half years of me doing this, and I said I will. I haven't seen the fella. Now I see him. And he is the kind of guy that he does not recoil in the face of the word Jesus Christ. He knows who he is. You know exactly who he is. It's as if I'm staring this thing in the face and it's telling, it's saying, it's almost as if he's saying, bring it on, bring on the fight. And he's like, I don't care what the Bible says. So you know what? Fine. Take you, keep, keep on with your temper tantrum. I'm going to look up Romans 16 because your stupid freaking technology won't let me freaking pull it up. I'm going to look it up another way. Romans 16. Just to clarify a little further here, uh, I took a tiny, tiny amount of mushrooms, like, again, a microdose, and I was watching television with my wife, and I started to, f- to feel very sick, right? Um, the sick to my stomach, it got the chills and everything, and I started having stomach issues, and so I, I kind of scampered off to the restroom. And it was in the restroom where I was approached by some kind of being. And I do what I usually do now, which is I, I begin testing this being. I start, I start by saying Yeshua HaMashiach, which is Hebrew for um, Jesus the Messiah. I ask it what it thinks about Jesus and does it think that uh, Jesus died for the sins of humans and that uh, he was raised from the dead uh, by God and ascended into heaven. And the response of this being was kind of to be like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Hey, this is not the point right now. And it said very clearly, it's like, the time is now, you are going to pay. And of course, I'm terrified because something that I think is God just told me that I'm going to pay. And it told me to open up my Bible app. I was uh, reading every day in the morning, reading one chapter out of Romans. And I had stopped on Romans 15. That was the day before. And I hadn't read the next chapter, Romans 16 yet, which of of course was the the next thing that I was uh, supposed to read. But God told me to open up my app in the moment and and told, told me to pick up basically where you left off and start reading right now. It was a very urgent thing. It was like, do it now. And the rest is history here. We will pick back up on the recording now. <laughs> God said, you are going to pay. And then he told me to open up my Bible app and, to, and told me to read. And I started reading 16. I commend you, uh, our sister Phoebe, a deacon, blah, 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 blah. He starts going through all these people who, like, he's introducing. You're going to shut up right now is what you're going to do. We are talking to people who don't know, right? The same people that you're trying to deceive and kill, okay? You are going to shut up right now. Oh, my gosh, y'all. This freaking vile, nasty piece. Uh, Okay. 
You are going to shut up. Okay, what did it say? Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. Did you hear that word? Innocent. This thing does not care about innocence, y'all. You wipe your ass with innocence, don't you? Look at them all just over there gloating. This is the this is the next part, y'all. And this is the part that you are going to shut up and listen. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. You got that, buddy? And I call you buddy because you were a big old buddy of mine, weren't you? Weren't you? <laughs> Y'all, this stuff is not a joke. As I'm looking at Satan in the face right now. We have reached levels where I mention the words Jesus Christ and him being the savior. And he, in, in this level of evil, y'all, it's like, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. They even show you things. Well, I get it. Look at this. That's the levels that we're dealing with, y'all. So adding a little more color here as to why I'm kind of astonished by the fact that, that I uh, asked all the questions that I'm supposed to ask when I'm testing a being uh, about, you know, all these questions about Jesus and everything, and this thing stayed put. The, the, the reason why I'm so astonished by that is, is how far into the charade this thing went. Like, it, it not only acknowledged Jesus and said that he was the Messiah and, and that, that he uh, believed that God raised him up from the dead and he ascended into heaven, but then he started trying to show me this imagery of Jesus and everything. Like, no joke, it, it told me to close my eyes, and when I closed my eyes, I started seeing the, the, these images of Jesus and a cross and, and Jesus, like, like uh, carrying the cross but the the thing is, the thing that leapt out at me as, um, you know, some shenanigans here, for lack of a better word, is the imagery was not beautiful, really, at all. It was, it was, a ch it was cheap looking and amateurish, like a, a very half-assed attempt. There was no beauty to it whatsoever, and I uh, got kind of skeptical. I was like, this doesn't look like the work of God that I've seen, the beautiful images that I've seen from God. And that's when I realized that this wasn't, this being that I was talking to was not only not God, but also was not a messenger of God. And anything that doesn't flee in, in, when you mention Jesus's name, and then something that is going to take it even further and be like, I believe in Jesus and all the things that you say about him, you know, and then here's some imagery, something that is that you know, powerful to, to withstand that could be only one entity. 
and that is Satan. And that is exactly what God made me pull out my Bible and realize. That was the next thing that it was, you get it, all right? We're, we're, so it's, it, this, is, this is next level stuff, y'all. This was Satan himself, okay? It doesn't get any more real than that. That's why this is so friggin' terrifying. We'll go back into the recording now. So, <laughs> what I think happened, now, now that Satan's over there in his corner, by the way, I, you know that I wield no power in this. You know that. <laughs> I am just trying to claim or be a conduit through God and Jesus here, okay? So you can laugh at me all you want. I'll laugh right along with you. I'm a freaking wreck. I'm worse than you. <laughs> By myself here. Worse than you. But he's, again, by myself. Did you hear that verse, buddy? You get the flippity flu out of my life. <laughs> I can laugh at it now. I can laugh at that. I don't want to use foul language anymore. But you get the flippity flu out of my life. Buckaroo. <laughs> I threw a little rhyme on there for you. Just for you to wipe your ass with as you leave. Piece of gar look at and there's a reason that he's over there in the corner where the garbage can is. Look at that. Are you proud of yourself over there? I mean, what? You take the word pride, which you've made a complete mockery of, with all of your friggin' nonsense, and... It's laughable, man. It really is. Are you proud of yourself over there? You are the epitome of garbage. And that's another thing you can take and wipe your ass with because that's all you're good for. And again, it's like, carry on with yourself over there, buddy. Be proud of yourself in that filth. How does it feel, dude, to even... Uh, God, can I be granted permission to, cr to cuss right now? Because we are in the, in the, we are looking at Satan himself. Can I cuss at this guy for a second? I'm getting a, like a, kind of like a haphazardly sure. Okay. Um, how does it feel, Buckaroo, to have even humans that you, you hate humans. You really hate them, don't you? Look at you. I know you do. How does it feel for the worst of them 
to still think that you are garbage. How does that feel? Does that make you proud? The worst people on the planet that have done the worst stuff that you can imagine because of you, also, by the way, I would like to point that out, think that you are still a piece of shit. Because you are. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Oh, look at you over there smiling. You're like, bring it on, huh? Yeah, was, it, was that a smile? Or was that... What are you trying to, to do here with your bullshit? What are you trying to pull now? I would also like to point out to you, buckaroo, that despite all of your bullshit... You know what's so funny about all this is God still loves you. Chew on that one. Chew on that one. You are a subject. Just like all of you still fall under God's love and that makes you miserable. You go, you go back into that bucket and you just wallow in God's love. Have your friggin' temper tantrum. God is going to put you in the corner, buddy. And that's not all he's going to do. That is not all he is going to do. Wrath is a real thing. And you think you know what wrath is? With your little... You have to use humans, right? Like You can't go out and and just make yourself visible or put your hand in things visibly. You have to work through humans to do this, right? You've done, and you've done terrible things, terrible things on this planet, <laughs> wielded through people. Do you have any idea what God wrath is like? Buddy, do you have any idea? Of course you do. <laughs> You've seen a little bit of it. He kicked you out the house. Hmm. The love of God is a real thing. And there is a, there is a, there is such a, you shut up. The love of God is a real thing. And there is such a thing as tough love, buddy. And tough love is God's wrath. He still loves you and he's going to show it. So go wallow back down in your misery and leave people to like, oh, go do that. But keep it to yourself, you friggin'. You can't, though, and you will never. But keep my. 
keep my friends and my family out of your bullshit. Fun little trick, by the way. Fun little trick. Oh, sh- yeah, I believe in... I believe in... Jesus, and here, look at him. Here's a little cool sign of him on the cross. Trying to seduce me back in with your nightmare. It's, am I going to let you talk? No. You almost had me, you almost had me like, maybe I should let him speak. Again, with your seductive powers, you're like, but, but, but man, you, you know, I'm intellectual or whatever. So you're like, you're appealing to all the, the yin and yang in my brain. Right. And, and you know, I, I am in filmmaking, so I know how, to, you know, the beauty of poetry and all this other stuff. Right. And you're like, oh, but, but let me make a little case here. Shut up. I don't want to hear it. I'm done hearing it. Shut up. God cast you out. I wield no power here. You know it. Y'all, I... You're gonna shut up. Y'all, I shut up. I knew that there was something still left in to shut up. I knew that there was something still left in me all. And when God was kicking this freaking piece of shit out of me, God, you told me I could cuss at him. Yeah, you've given me special privileges in this instance. And I thank you. Um, when it was kicking that out of me, I said, how much of that is still left in me? And God said, enough to destroy the world. Did you hear that? Everybody? I asked God, How much of that is still in me? And he said, enough to destroy the world. Even uh, look at him laughing over there. Yeah, laugh it up, buddy. I just told you where you belong. Laugh it up. Go. Yeah, go fancy yourself over there. In the gutter. How does it feel to be in the gutter, man? To embrace the... I don't want to freaking hear it, dude. I am not going to sit back and let you pull your seductive BS on me. I don't want to hear it. I know you can seduce my mind to siding for your cause if, if I let it. And I'm telling you, I'm not going to let it happen. You are shutting up. 
enough to destroy the world, ladies and gentlemen. It's freaking okay. Now I'm working myself up. You see what you do to people, though, man? I'm getting all bent out of shape now. I'm like CNN over here with the 24-hour news media where you have to over-sensationalize stuff. Like, you know? It's like uh, a dignitary stubbed his toe today. So let's have a panel of people in here talking about how this affects world trade and, and blah, 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 and all the blah, 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 blah. Let's all get on a boat with guns. <laughs> hey, man, you got a boat? Yeah. Hey, man, you got some guns? Yeah. Let's get on this boat with guns and go kill people. <laughs> because of getting wrapped around the axle on that. Yeah, I'm watching this show right now. It's called The Terminalist. Fantastic show. fan friggin tastic show. It's about, like, man, I don't want to give too much exposition away. Um, by the way, just commentary aside on this fellow over here in the corner. We're, we're going to keep ignoring this little dude here. Uh, but my point is, it's just that what I'm saying, what I'm telling, what I'm telling them is that I want you to shut up. For the billionth time, shut up. Anyways, so we're watching this show called The Terminalist, and it's great. It's fantastic. And uh, you get so wrapped up into all this, all these details about these tragic details. I mean, again, spoiler, spoiler alerts here for anyone. You can stop listening now. Okay, I'm going to give away some major spoiler alertage. Uh, terrible things happen. This guy's entire SEAL platoon gets wiped out. Um, he's one of two survivors. Terrible. And then someone's going after his family, and then they kill his own family. He killed like his his daughter and his and his wife. These are terrible things. And there's this big corporate government conspiracy behind it all. And next thing you know, it's like well, the, everything is so hypercharged. You're like, okay, we're gonna get on this boat. <laughs> this is our answer. Our answer is like, man, we gotta we gotta get this boat, <laughs> and we gotta get these guns. And there's a guy that's gonna provide both the boat and the guns, <laughs> and we're gonna get on this boat, <laughs> and it's gonna solve everything for us. <laughs> we're gonna go kill a bunch of people. Because they killed my... I'm laughing, y'all. It's terrible. This guy lost the whole platoon. And he lost his, his, his mother. And it, why I'm able to laugh at it is because I saw how freaking crazy, huge, and cosmic this struggle, y'all, is. And we're little specks of dust in this. So I can laugh at something like, yo, his whole platoon got wiped out. His his mother or his his uh, daughter and his and his uh, wife got killed. In the grand scope of it all, y'all, it doesn't matter. It does not matter, and that's why it's so hilarious to me that we gotta solve this problem. 
We got to get on a boat with guns and go kill some more people. The answer is very simple. Don't get involved with that. Even if this piece of shit over here kills your family. I don't care what the, the, all the conspiracies of this, that, and no blah, blah, blah. I don't care. We mean, we mean nothing, y'all. He knows that. He definitely knows that. He can't stand it either. He, like he, he, it's, it's hilarious because it's a joke to him and me. It's like we both get that joke. We mean nothing, y'all. Like over the course of history, all these instances of corruption and all of this and get on your boat and get your guns and then go back in time when there weren't guns and get your swords and your spears. And even back before there were boats, (laughs) it doesn't matter. What are you going to solve by getting bent and wrapped around this guy's axle? Nowhere. Right, well, I can tell you where you're going to go right there to the trash can, right where he belongs. I got to pause this recording now because I'm done scolding you, I think. <laughs> because that, and now it is, at this point, it has turned into I'm just going to find more sensationally, think that, uh, you know, ridiculous and/or terrifying things to uh, take out the closet here. You get the point. You get the point. And he's angry over there. <laughs> You're angry. So am I. I'm angry. What you've done. <laughs> what you're doing. I don't want to hear it. He was about to throw in the whole... God created me, though, and if God created me, then that means blip. I don't want to hear it, buddy. I don't want to friggin' hear it. Oh, look at his his face is all urgent now. It's like, but, 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 now, shut up. God, oh, look at, oh, you're getting out your armor. I see a sword and I see an axe. Ooh. You think that matters? You think that matters? Any of your BS that you're trying to pull here matters in the face of infinite power. And I don't, he's like, what do you know of infinite power? Of course I don't know what that is, man. But I was shown enough to scare the the bejesus out of me. And you better believe that I believe that infinite power is real. Do I need to understand infinite power completely to, to be scared by it? No. I saw enough to know that it's terrifying. That's all I need to know about it. And look at this stupid human over here has created a a schema for the infinite. And that schema is infinite terror. Infinite terror. You know that. You know that. I don't even know what you're trying to pull over here, dude. You know, I, I don't, and I don't want to freaking hear it. 
You are not going to build a case. I do not want to hear it. I don't know what else you have to, uh, you know, say for yourself (laughs) for someone that says, I'm not listening to you. Shut up. And, and, and hurrah for you. I've just given you an audience here. Go bask in your pride down there in the bucket. Now it's getting egregious. Y'all. Now I am just twisting the knife. And now, now this is like, um, well, no, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. This friggin' piece of shit makes me <laughs> at a loss for words. Uh, there's a lot of loss for words across the echoes of time because of this piece of shit. There's not enough scorn to be cast on to this guy. By the way, you like how I'm calling you a guy? Shut up. Turning on the light now. Ah, there's the fan. So, God. (laughs) That all being said, this dude is to be feared um, because I'm just a human, right? Uh, this, This guy is capable of terrible things. And let me, uh, I don't know, uh, can you help me (laughs) not uh, experience okay, God's like, I got it I got it just keep doing what he's like, keep doing what you're doing the discipline and the love is there anything there's certainly things that I can do to stave off that. That's the discipline part. I was about to ask God, like, is there anything I can do that just would make him just sit there in misery? <laughs> and he's like, just love people. Yeah. There's your answer, buddy. Oh, that's the other thing God that I was asking is like, can we just get him out of here? <laughs> like, like just... Because he's still here. Uh, okay. He will always be here is what I'm, what I'm hearing. But the bottom line is that he has it under control. Of course you do. I knew it. I'm just saying that this thing's still here and I just yelled at him a lot <laughs> and he is more powerful than me. He just said, "No, he's not." He said, "He's saying that get. He's saying get that out of your head. He's not. He's not as powerful. He's not more powerful powerful than I am." He says, "Not even a little bit." I, I don't get that. <laughs> okay, can I just say I don't get that? 
I don't understand that. Through him, through God, he wields no power. That's the message that I'm getting. He had, he's like, I have him on a, sh- I, okay, I, I get it that you have him on a, on a short leash. I don't even want to imagine what him unleashed would be. I don't, who, um, <laughs> I got. I'm not even going to. I, I really don't want to ask about why there's a leash. I'm not going to do it. I'm. I can't take it. Man. I can't take it. Can we change the subject somehow? <laughs> do you like um, dolphins? <laughs> They're intelligent creatures that are really fun too. They like to play and stuff, right? And they're fun. They're like, hey, and they make that weird noise. Okay, joking aside though, um, you know, I'm not gonna. T- I, I'm not gonna make this very clear to anyone listening. <laughs> I could ask God right now. Why? him, and I'm I'm pointing it in the direction of Satan, where he was, like, why him? Why have a leash here? Even even if it's a short leash, again, I don't even want to imagine what a long leash would be, or unleashed would be. I could ask God these questions, y'all. I don't want to. And it's not because I'm, okay, I'll just, I'll be a man and admit it. I'm terrified to ask that question. And yeah, when you see a cosmic war, like I saw it, I am not, there is knowledge that when you see into the fifth dimension plus, and there are lines of thinking up there, and you get in, you get into lines of thought that can kill a person. <laughs> I want to ask that question. That's what I mean by like. There's knowledge that you can get that is so powerful it can kill you. <laughs> I don't want to act, go there. Because that's obviously what I would ask next. God, I don't want to know. He's he's basically saying, okay, good. You've learned kind of what I taught you of like, identify, classify, quarantine. That's what we're supposed to do. Terrifying. (laughs) Can I say that at least? Wow. That, like, all that, wow. I mean, it's like, check your organs. Check, like, grab my balls right now and make sure they're both there. (laughs) 
cosmic stuff that's so far beyond us, y'all, you can't even begin to describe. Anyways, so the beauty, <laughs> here's, here's, here's a change of subject for you, is, uh, did I even accomplish my intention in here in the restroom? <laughs> I, I did not. Um, but changing the subject here is, whew, God cast that thing out of me and it said, you're going to pay. And then it made me read um, the Bible verse where we were crushing, y'all heard it, crushing Satan under his feet. <laughs> that was the next thing that I had that I was going to read. It's amazing. And because um, you know, I've been reading Romans, I'm on chapter 16, obviously, but I've been reading Romans and it's just blowing my freaking mind. Every, every other thing that this guy says, is it Paul? I forget. Um, every other thing that this guy says is like, I have seen that. <laughs> uh, God told me that directly. Like God sat me down, looked me in the face and said exactly what this guy is writing in the Bible that I'd never seen. I'd never read the Bible that was the next chapter. And he, ca he cast the, the guy out and I asked how much of that was still left in me or is still in, in me. And he said, enough to destroy the world. Terrifying stuff. But then he kind of, then he's like, I'm re re revolting and reviling. I don't know what the words are for that piece of shit over there, all these nasty words, but I'm like, you know, you know, this withdrawal is what you would call it almost. It's like, I'm a, there's like this sickness. I feel like I'm going to die. I'm like having a panic attack basically. And because I can't get my poor little uh, stuff that wrecks us and wants us to now can't get my pornography. I can't get my whatever addiction you have. Wee, wee, wee. It's so important. We're going to die if we don't have it. Wee, wee. Anyway, okay. So I get out there and I feel like I'm having this panic attack. And then God said, this is what really blows me over, y'all. Um... There's this guy who is beautiful, absolutely beautiful human being that came into my life. Um, his name is Mario Lopez <laughs> from Saved by the Bell. And, and no, I'm joking. <laughs> he probably gets that all the time. I know he has to get that all the time. His name, his legit name is Mario Lopez, though, y'all. And he's not the Saved from the Bell guy. And I'm not saying, I don't know enough about the other Mario Lopez to say anything. Anyway, we're, forget that guy is all I'm saying, okay? <laughs> He might be a great, amazing person. I don't know. I'm not talking about him, though. Uh, the Mario Lopez that I know personally. Unbelievably beautiful person, man. I mean, he got basically blown in half in Afghanistan. I believe it was, yeah, it was Afghanistan. Uh, IED basically blew him in half. He's missing an arm. Um, 
and then all all of the fingers on his good hand, on his good arm, the one the arm that he has left, all of them. And he still paints, by the way. Look at this friggin' guy over here. This man still paints and creates beauty after what you did to him, you piece of shit. Anyways, um, stop it. He can't take it. He cannot take that this man creates beauty out of what he did. Joke's on you, buddy. Yes. Are you okay? Yes. I'm having a discussion in here. Thanks for checking on me, though. I'm okay, I promise. I lost my train of thought. This guy can't take it. <laughs> the joke's on you, buddy. <laughs> anyway, so Mario Lopez. Um, he gets blown in half by an IED, caught on fire. Um, I mean, legitimately, y'all. Like, I don't mean to... Mario, I know you're going to hear this, man. I'm, I'm not trying to... Y'all, he... He got maimed. He got maimed in in this uh, in this in this incident, and um, in war. <laughs> and he found it, it, a lot of the exact same things that I talk about on on ayahuasca and everything. He's been there, man. The, him and I had an instant communication. Uh, an instant understanding, and I'm tearing up because this guy this guy went to hell. He talked about what hell is like, and I was like, oh, yeah, man, <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> and he's like, oh, because, y'all, this freaking guy died in real life three times. I'm talking about figurative dying on ayahuasca and stuff like that, y'all, but this man died for real. And he has the battle wounds to prove it. So when this guy says that he went to hell, you can laugh at me all you want. You shut up and you listen to that gentleman when he says, I've been to hell. You shut up. Anyways, I met this guy named Mario Lopez, and we had this instant connection of, you've seen it. You've seen it. Yeah, man. And then, y'all, he didn't, obviously, he wouldn't, I wouldn't be calling him a beautiful human being if he just stopped in hell and just stayed there, right? He was rescued out of hell by God and Jesus. And it changed his life. I remember asking him, I was like, I was like, if you had to do it all over again, would you do it? And he was like, well, and this is, this is just a case of uh, brutal honesty. It's just like a, it's kind of like a head slap, like duh moment for me. It's like, he was like, I would have preferred not to uh, get blown up, you know, and find God a different way. But I was like, but I told him, I was like, okay, that's a good point. But if you had to do it all again, right. If like, there's no other option. He's like, oh, absolutely. Like, 
no, like is like it was it changed his life for the better infinitely. Like you can't describe the gift of God and Jesus. You know, he cannot describe it. This man knows. Anyway, so he that's a long winded story of talking about this guy knows what he's freaking talking about, y'all. Um, so him and I have this, this is like, he's like, he asked me, he's like, Hey man, um, how long have you been a believer? And I was like, in God or in Jesus? And, and I was like, in, in God, it's been like two, two years or so. I was like, but with Jesus, it's been like eight months. <laughs> and he's like, really? And I was like, yeah. And so he took me out on a golf cart and he poured his heart. He started busting out scriptures and stuff and talking about how, oh man, I can't give away his secret sauce, y'all. I can't. Or maybe I can. Screw it. This is someone like me, y'all, who has had addiction. I was struggling. And I still am because of this freaking loser over here, by the way. But um, I was like, how do I fix a corrupted heart? My mind at this point knows the answer. But my heart has been so steeped in evil over the years that my heart still yearns and calls for it and wants it. And I've been struggling with that. It's like, how do you replace that yearning, that desire? It's so palpable. It's impossible to conquer on your own, y'all. We're talking deeply rooted millions, billions of years of evolution behind that one. You try conquering sexual desire, y'all. Try conquering billions of years of evolution yourself. Try to replace that in your heart. It's like how, uh, and so that was the riddle for me. It's like how my mind knows that I need to be with God and Jesus. And I'm doing my best to kind of, you know, kind of go there, but my heart is still, it's dragging me down into that. And this man took me out on a golf cart under the pretenses that we're going to get uh, um, shots of uh, B-roll footage. I was there filming for um, for a documentary and we were at a golf course. That's where I met him. He was showing his paintings. So a little bit more about that guy is, uh, is that he so much beauty is pouring forth from this human that he can't help but create beauty with his one I say good arm because he has no fingers on these, but he can still grab things enough to grab a friggin' paintbrush and paint these beautiful, beautiful paintings. Um, he was there and that's how I interviewed him. And the day went on, there was a lull of time between, um, set up, and then they had to do a whole golf tournament. And then it was at the very end of the day, like 5 p.m. or so, that he was going to speak to the golf tournament people. Golf tournament people. <laughs> the participants in the golf tournament. Um, 
it's a charity thing. Um, I know I'm, I know I'm pap- papering over a lot of awesome, beautiful stuff. The charity is amazing and beautiful, but I unfortunately I do have to paper over it because the the broader message here is so much more. So this man, like I'm like, man, I'm gonna be here. I interview him. It, it kind of in the morning. He's he's set up his stuff. I interview him, and it's just it's like an hour interview, and I'm blown away. And I and I cut I cut him off during the interview, and I said, I'm like, dude, I had the same experience, dude. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, on ayahuasca. And he's like, his face lit up. He's like, wow, really? You know, um, people in the in the veteran community, they know about ayahuasca. You better believe they do. Um, I mean, it's it, anyways. That I can go on another sidetrack on that too. Um, so regardless, I did the interview. It's like noon, and I <laughs> I have five hours to kill basically. And I'm like, how am I going to pass this time? It was like, I was thinking, I was like, I, I, maybe I should just go. Maybe I could leave and come back. <laughs> That's what I thought. It's like, you know, it's a, like a 30, 40 minute drive for me, but I could do it. You know, go home, say hello to the wife, uh, come back, catch the speech and blah, blah. But Mario was insistent. He's like, Hey man, they said something about us getting a golf cart or yeah. And I was like, yeah, man. Y'all, Mario Lopez hasn't even been on a golf course before. <laughs> Yet this, he seriously was like, he was telling me, this is my, and this was after, you see how excited and giddy I am about this? I'm tri- I'm tripping over my own words talking about this amazing miracle that happened that day. That man, having never been on a golf course before, gets a golf cart, demands it almost. Like he, he was like going to people. He didn't demand it. You know what I mean? He, he in a very sweet, you know, not intrusive manner was like, Hey, we, is this, is this a golf cart that's open and blah, blah, blah. And eventually someone eventually gave us one. And this man who has only one arm and no fingers on his good arm, or his only other, his only arm, <laughs> insisted that he drive while I film. First of all, <laughs> that is just amazing. Never been on a golf course before. Um, doesn't have fingers. <laughs> and he's like driving me around and he's telling me we were out on that course for a solid two and a half hours. We were running out of time. I was now worried oh my God, are we going to make it back in time for his speech? (laughs) He shared with me the most amazing knowledge of, of Jesus. And y'all there, I'll give away his secret sauce. I'm going to run this by you first, by the way, uh, Mario. Um, The, his secret sauce y'all is, this is how you fix a corrupt heart how you replace, and I've been praying about this deeply, like, how do I do this, God? And God delivers me this person and this message, which is, in the Bible, it talks over and over and over. Mario has script, uh, uh, copied and pasted uh, verses and chapters and scripture, blah, blah, blah. He has like, it's like a 30-page long word document, <laughs> of instances in the Bible where it says, 
We are the bride of Jesus. And there is a level of intimacy, obviously, (laughs) with a bride. Now, Mario made it very clear. He's like, I don't mean it doesn't does not mean sexual. Right. It's like you flush that out of your brain. That is that is earthly flesh stuff. We're talking about spiritual intimacy here. So all you people out there like, oh, you're talking about having a crush on Jesus and all that. Go laugh in the corner in the bucket where you belong with all that crap. Laugh all you want. Laugh all you want. Um, We are the bride of Christ. And that is like, y'all, there are verses in the Bible where it's like, it's like reading a romance novel for crying out loud. And that's the answer of how you fix a corrupt heart is you have to replace it with the same level of intimacy that we're seeking when we turn on a computer and go to friggin' X videos or our porn hub. I know the little beat, y'all, because I've been there all the time. I like freaking all. The t- it's a joke, that little beat. Everyone, all the guys out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's a lot of women out there who know it, too. But the one <laughs> there, there's there's a good deal of you who are like, what is that? And just be thankful you don't know what that is, is all I got to tell you. Um, we have to replace that desire with spiritual into intimacy and we can't do it well i well we sorry god gives us the grace and allows that allows that to happen and that that that's what i meant by that we can't do it um but we can get there and we get there in my opinion i haven't uh, talked a lot about with mario about this we can get there through my assertion is religious discipline. You've got to fake it till you make it almost. It's repetition of I love God. I love Jesus. I love God until one day you believe it. And then boom. And then it happens like your heart is still yearning from for, for that other stuff. But you have conditioned the heart now for love and all of this. And then one day it just forgets and remembers what has always been there for us. If you open your hearts and minds, um, and this man knows the secret sauce, Mario Lopez. He knows the secret sauce. And y'all, coming out of this guy's unbelievable miracle meeting this guy, it's changed. It's done wonders in my life. Seeking this intimacy, just even seeking it is, is paying dividends in terms of miracles in my life, y'all. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting up every morning. Well, some mornings I don't, <laughs> I need to get better at it, but I'm waking up early so that I can pray and read the Bible. And I'm taking it to the next level where 
I, like I really respect and, and, and admire Muslims how they face uh, face East and pray and like the devotion in the Muslim faith y'all is something to be admired um, it's so amazing the devotion that they have it's I mean, we're all brothers and sisters of the God of Abraham y'all those Muslims believe in Jesus for crying out loud and they believe he performed miracles. They believe he is the Messiah. Apparently, I haven't done enough. Re- <laughs> this is like secondhand knowledge to me. This was this was all a brand new revelation to me. I I saw a, a Muslim getting in a discussion with Jordan Peterson. Um. And they were just tit for tat, like agreeing with each other on on all all accounts of Jesus. Like, oh, yeah, he's the Messiah. Yeah, blah blah. blah. What am I? I'm getting lost. In, uh, anyway, Muslims, y'all y'all guys are badasses, and I love you. Um, your devotion to God is to be admired. So I was like, I want to be like them. I want to face east, and I found the direction of where east is in my house. And I started praying every morning. Um, and, and I'm trying my best to, to focus on prayers that aren't selfish. Like I'm trying to open my heart more and deeper and in terms of like, hey, God, because it's very easy to be like, God, I want this. I want a lot of money. I want success. I want power in this world that this little piece of shit over here created for us. And so I've tried to change my prayers into God, I want to know what your definition of of success is. Like, I don't even want to be clouded by what I think success is. Show me your success. Show me your love and kindness and all this other stuff. And then I've also opened my heart up to this whole intimacy thing. I've been praying to God, facing east every morning, um trying to welcome this intimacy <laughs> with Jesus. And um, y'all, God, today, God casts that piece of shit out of me. And as a little trailing note, he's like, I was like, how much of that was left in me? And he was like, enough to destroy the world. And I believe him, <laughs> y'all. And I was like, I was scared. I was like, well, how do I, what, what can I do? What can I do right now? And he goes, he says, go pray. And then here's, here's the most amazing thing, y'all. He said, face east and pray. So I do that. (laughs) I go and I orient myself uh, due east. Very familiar with that direction in my house now. Um, do you know what's staring me in the face when I do this? Something that was in broad daylight that I had not even noticed for the entire time I've been doing this. So, so I've been trying to find intimacy with Jesus and praying like this facing due east for like a like a solid month now almost, it seems like. Um do you know what was facing me that I had no idea I was looking at before? And now it's just 
this beautiful hit me in the face moment of God's infinite love for us. Do you know what it was, y'all? What's hanging on the the little banister? I don't even know what you call it. It's like my, my, my wife has this bedroom set with this bed frame thingy that has like a top canopy thingy almost or whatever. And, and she's hung garments from the top of it. Um, you know, there's some things that she's trying to sell right now in her closet and she has those hung there. And then she's always had ever since our, our, um, wedding, because apparently it's going to be very, very hard to, and expensive to dry clean this, uh, particular garment. Um, so for, so for about a year, she has had hanging her wedding dress. Y'all. Just staring me right in the face. And I knew what was going on. I knew God had cast that thing out of me and that it was calling me. And there were some, there were some things, um, my, my wife loves, uh, this show called army wives. (laughs) It's a lifetime. It's a lifetime show called army wives. Okay. So I'm going to jump in real fast and, and give the timeline and, and fill in some more gaps here. So yeah, just real quick, you know, I was feeling sick. I went to the restroom. Um, some being showed up. I, I gave it the whole Jesus test. Uh, it was, it kind of brushed that off. It's like, Hey, that's not important. Um, you're going to pay and you're going to pay right now. Made me read the Bible when it says, you know, um, we're going to crush Satan under our feet. And I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of asked God what was going on. Like, uh, how much of this thing is still in me enough to destroy the world? He says, I run out of the, of the restroom. Um, as I'm going out, he says, go, uh, face East and pray. So I did it. I faced East and I put my hand, uh, you know, put my head on the ground and put my ha- hands in the prayer position. And I'm kind of face down on the ground, just like a, like kind of like a Muslim would do uh, when they pray to Mecca. Uh, and so my, my face is on the ground and I feel this overwhelming surge of panic and fear and sickness uh, surging in me. I get, I get those old feelings like I'm, I'm going to die. Uh, it's just about every time I encounter evil and have this intense kind of experience on, on my psychedelic trips, I get the same, I'm going to die feeling and something in my head said, uh, to look up. And so I looked up and so where I'm, where my head's at and where I'm sitting, it's like pain, anguish, death, um, panic, all that stuff. Uh, and then when I look up, you know, the sun rises in the east and this is kind of in the morning time, right? So I, I see sunlight and my, my wife has this uh, sign above the bed that says, uh, always kiss me good night. And so there's sunlight and there's these beautiful, warm and touching little the sentiments, right? And then, of course, staring me in the face uh, that I hadn't noticed was a wedding dress. And corresponding with this realization and all the love and beauty and and warmth and stuff coming from the east side of my house, you know, like (laughs) due east and uh, where I was looking, I I, I got this synesthesia and an overwhelming feeling of 
this is love and peace and understanding and warmth and acceptance and forgiveness and everything that is good. But along with it, this is life. This is eternal life. Down there where you were, that is death, which is obviously incredibly biblical. I mean, like, hello. But anyway, I kind of crawl on my hands and knees to the wedding dress and start touching it with my hands. I'm, I'm starting to tear up. And in the background, um, my wife, of course, is watching her show, Army Wives, and clear as day, just like a friggin' bell, how clear it was, this is what I hear. And just to preface what you're about to hear, this is a scene in which a father, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, talks to his adopted son, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And keep in mind here, for context, God has just cast Satan himself out of me. Here we go. I know how you're feeling, TJ. Angry, disappointed, embarrassed. It's hard. And that just doesn't go away. But I'll tell you what I figured out. You get two families in this life. The one you're born with and the one you choose. Now the one I was born with didn't measure up. But I love the family that I chose. And that means you, bud. I hope you feel the same way about me. I do, Dad. Good. Because we're kind of stuck with each other. (laughs) I mean, what the hell, y'all? Do I even need to talk about how uh, freaking perfect that that the placement of that particular speech is? No, I don't. But I'm going to anyway because this is this is me you're talking about. <laughs> but uh, granted, it, th- th- this could have been more perfect. You could argue. I mean, the, this guy could be mentioning something about a wedding or something like that, or he could be specifically mentioning something about I cast Satan out of you, and now you are going to be married to Jesus, and there's your wedding dress. Like that would be the most perfect synchronicity. But uh, to me, this addresses one of the major things I was feeling in the moment. I mean, I felt like I had failed God. I mean, I I was uh, essentially possessed by Satan himself, y'all. And to me, that's downright embarrassing and disgusting feeling. And I felt like an absolute wretch in in God's presence. Even though I'm being shown this wedding dress and all this beautiful stuff and everything, and, and, and there's this promise of me being the bride of Christ and everything, I still feel disgusted. And right at that moment, I hear the voice of a father talking to his adopted son, and he is specifically mentioning there is the family that you have and the family that you choose, and that he really loves the family that he chooses. And he's using words and analogies that I myself understand. God, the the, the creator of heaven and earth, of the multiverse, of everything beyond the multiverse, uh, he is relating to me for crying out loud. And it's working. How freaking mind-blowing is that, for starters? And uh, just the whole kind of um, second half of that speech, y'all, where it's like, uh, there's the family you have, the family you choose, and I love the family that I choose. It it has overtones and echoes of a a friggin' wedding speech, for crying out loud. It's as if the the father of the friggin' groom is toasting me right now. 
And so I'm sitting there in the room on my knees, uh, touching this wedding dress, just mouth agape, speechless, just blown away by what I'm hearing. And then the scene in the next room over, you know, where my wife is watching, uh, watching the show, the scene transitions to this. Why would he tell his friends his mother died in a fire? And in this scene, yet another adopted son and another family on the show is struggling with both his existence and his story as well. And he's telling all his friends these fibs uh, to make himself more interesting, to hide the fact that he's kind of ashamed to be adopted. Well, what's he supposed to say? My mother's a drug addict who didn't want me? And so his parents have a little powwow to discuss, you know, how they're going to address this with their son. Children of abandonment use a lot of strategies to deal with their situation. David's just made up a narrative he can live with. I guess. They reach an agreement, and then the, the adopted father approaches his son, and this is what happens. Hey, man. You got a minute? Sure. Joan heard you talking to your friend today about your mother. She died in the fire. It's a sad story, but it's made up, isn't it? Maybe it's time to write another chapter. What do you mean? I mean, your life's like a book, David. And it's going to be filled with many chapters. You don't read the same chapter over and over again in the book, do you? I guess not. No. You read on to see what's going to happen next. That's the same thing with your life story. So you started with one mom in chapter one. Now you got a new mom. And a sister and a dad as well, right? Right. And it doesn't stop there, man. I mean, you got so many more chapters to write. New adventures. What do you think? Now, there is a lot of symbolism and meaning crammed into that little segment, okay? A lot of overarching and overlapping and... Uh, interwoven, uh, synchronistic, I mean, a lot of things here. But to me, I'm going to stick with, with the, the one that I think is the most overarching and uh, the most amazing, which is this whole concept that I keep going back to about uh, realer than real and how the spirit world, once you uh, have seen deep enough on the other side that it is more real than the quote-unquote reality that we quote-unquote exist in right now. It follows that if the other side is realer than real, then this side is not as real and therefore could be thought of as made up. A fiction, a story started by God and through being created in God's image in the sense that human beings through free will can not only themselves create, but also shape and mold their surroundings. This fiction, this story and the power to shape this story has been gifted to mankind. And what did we do with this amazing gift? With the help and the influence of the piece of shit that was cast out of me by God, we sinned. The sad part of this story began then and there, and we made the story even sadder through an infinite feedback loop of desire and manifestation with Satan himself there giving us all that we want. God basically gave us the keys to a Ferrari and put this Ferrari on a golden highway, and then we steered that Ferrari right into the ditch. But here's the thing. The sad story that we created for ourselves with the help of our good old buddy Satan over there is not the end of the story. The Ferrari that we steered into the ditch, y'all, is not totaled. Our abilities to manifest, our our God-given gift of, of creation 
is still here. The engine is still running and the steering is fine. We can reverse, steer back onto this golden road and write some new chapters. Now, that was a lot to take in, and trust me, I'm going to do a full episode on this whole kind of scenario here, but that's one of the many meanings that that little part had for me. But we're still not done here, okay? After hearing this, I'm so blown away now. Like, my my jaw, my head is turned in the fully in the direction of the room where my wife is watching this show. And I'm just in absolute amazement of what I'm hearing. It's like God is speaking directly to me. And so at this point, I'm like, man, I got to get out here and, and just watch this show now. And so I open the door. Tears are in my eyes. You know, I, I, I'm like sniffling. I've been crying and all this stuff. And I, I stumble my way towards the television and I see this. A bunch of people singing at a gala, a ball, a celebration, a reception. And you know, say what you want to about them singing the national anthem, uh, it's immaterial. The fact that they're at a military ball, I mean, why wouldn't they be singing the national anthem? But but regardless, there's a bunch of people at a banquet and they're singing. And then the general guy, the, the, I guess the main guy in charge here, gets up and starts giving a speech. Tonight was intended to be a celebration of our homecoming. But as we all know, it has become something more. And it turns out the whole reason for this banquet and this ball is, is to commemorate the, the closing of their entire division. Like, it, it's basically over for them. A hail and farewell. After 68 years, nine campaigns, and immeasurable sacrifice, The 23rd Airborne Division is being disbanded, but the 23rd does not die with you. Rather, it lives on through you. And then some of the main characters of the show, you know, the actual army uh, wives or whatever, they all meet outside the building after the speech and they have this amazing discussion between one another. So, this is it, huh? Let's make a pact. And the overtone is this kind of bittersweet, funereal kind of passing away of the old order of our old lives. Thank you all for sharing your lives with me. And a beautiful and cherished remembrance therein. For being a light in the dark. And of course, there's a tinge of unease, of nervousness and anxiety in that as well. But there's also this overtone of hope for the future, unbounded possibilities. To us. As if you're right on the cusp, the precipice of something wondrous and majestic, a new chapter. Everything we ever wanted to do and haven't done, we're doing it. And of course, I'm absolutely blown away by this because I'm thinking back on the little knowledge that I have now of of the Bible, and I realize that this is all part of the promise. And right when I thought that the symbolism couldn't be even more spot on, the scene transitions to the division commander, the soon-to-be former division commander. What's on your mind, soldier? Same as everyone else. Everyone at the reception is dancing, except him. Just wondering what the future holds. Seeing that his entire division is about to be closed down, he's a bit pensive. What does a division commander do when there's no longer a division to command? Wondering what is he going to do now? The old him? Everything he knew is gone, and the answer that he is given 
when asked what to do is to dance. Dance? To forget everything that he was and join his friends and family on the dance floor and dance. And that's what he does. He dances with everyone in his division out on the dance floor. And in typical Lifetime movie fashion, every major character has a beautiful tearjerker, loose end tied up in a perfect ribbon moment. And they all dance their way into a new life. If that's not one of the most deep and profound and beautiful metaphors for end times and the, you know, the passing away of this earth and, and people going into heaven, then I don't know what is. And I would analyze all this to the nth detail to explain to you how this is such a beautiful and perfect metaphor for all of that. But, you know, uh, you're just going to have to go back and listen and figure that out for yourself because it's all open to interpretation to the person. To me, it means everything. But hopefully you can appreciate and understand how this is such an unbelievably crazy coincidence that this particular show starts playing at that particular time and those particular instances coincide with my particular event happening, happening, you know, a room away the, the, y'all, it's we didn't time or plan any of this. But anyway, after that long soliloquy there, time to go back to the recording because there's more. There, There's the family that you have, and then there's the family that you choose. And then the, this beautiful love and blah, blah, blah. All this is playing while I'm staring at my my wedding dress. That I'm going to be this beautiful bride. <laughs> for, for, for Jesus Christ. And for all of y'all laughing, keep laughing. I will. In fact, the sound of human laughter is how I want that to play out. You're just, that's a symphony of joy for me. You can laugh and point at me all you want, y'all, while I'm... Uh, pirouetting into majesty dimly pillying or grand jetting or whatever all these balletic references laugh it up God is real y'all you had better believe me when I say that I believe God is real. And you know what else is real? That piece of shit right there. God still says I can cuss and, uh, you know, at him. That piece of shit is real, y'all. And that's the piece of shit that can easily touch you, right? God has this, these beautiful, like, poetic... Um, uh, it's, a, it's a beautifully poetic sense of timing, God will answer your prayers, but in his time, not yours. And it's, and if you really think about it, if you're, if you're too shallow, you'll, you'll not pick up on it. But if you're a deep, reflective, introspective person, these times where God answers your prayers, first of all, they're, they're not how you want that wanted them to be answered. And I can already see the statisticians and science people. It's like, oh, well, now you're just moving the goal, goalposts or whatever. It's like, no, no, no. No, no. 
if you really think about it, God answered your prayers the way he wanted them to be answered, and it all worked out better for you. And it's kind of funny how it worked. It's, it's always like a little twist of humor in there. It's like, isn't it funny how that happened? But what I'm saying here is it works out on his timing. We, we do not... There is so many orders of magnitude beyond us, y'all, of logic and reason that's involved in how this timing plays out. What I'm telling y'all here is it takes time for God to work his magic and touch us. This piece of shit right here, though, he is touching you right now. He is waiting for any little sliver, any little crack in the door to slip in and wreck your life. And when I say wreck your life, y'all, he wants us dead. And he wants all of us to be tortured while we die. All of us. Man, woman, child, old person. Um, it doesn't matter how rich or how poor or whatever. That's what it wants for us. And it is touching you right now. It's always clawing and wanting you to go there and pointing at the trash can where it belongs. <sighs> All right. There's another episode. <laughs> Anyways, my point here is that I, I don't want to end on that note, though. This, this piece of shit is not going to win the day and get the last laugh on that one. I don't know how um, <laughs> prophetic, like, you know, with everything, you know, as above, so below and all this other stuff and synchronicities, this, that, and the other, y'all, it's, it's something to think about, surely, and ponder. I'm like, oh, isn't that cool? Isn't that interesting? God, a little wink from God, you know? You know, that, that Bible verse um, is actually pretty terrifying, if, if this is a synchronistic thing and a fractal pattern of something else and a microcosm of something else, the sentence, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Better scare the shit out of everyone listening to my voice right now. And you had better believe me on this one. You had better be on the right side when it goes down. Okay? You think that this guy is scary? This piece of shit right here? The wrath of God. I cannot even describe to y'all what that will be like. I have seen a little fingernail shaving of it. You do not 
want to be on the wrong side of this, trust me when I say this. I have seen it. Okay, again, this is still ending on a very hard and harsh note, y'all, but it is for a reason. Cosmic war. Gods, y'all. And yes, I just said plural. Elohim in the Bible. Look it up. God's children. His his angels and whatnot, y'all. They are freaking powerful beings. I'm all making a joke out of this guy over here. It's obvious his power. Elohim, ladies and gentlemen. There is a war beyond comprehension going on. I can't tell y'all enough about it. I don't know if it's always been like this or if it's increasing in intensity and I just happen to join in tune on the radio station at a very bad time <laughs> or something. Um, I hope y'all that, that, that all of this is not triangulating in the moment, even as I speak, knowing how God does these, uh, synchronicities. I pray for, I'll, I will pray. I will do my best to pray for everyone and keep opening up this intimacy with Jesus and begging for our lives and, and souls. Y'all, it, your soul is, is, is the thing to really be worried about here. <laughs> yeah, forget your life, y'all. That is just the, the price of entry uh, uh, of what the other side is. That is the, the very, the, how terrifying death is, y'all. Is just the first little tiny little infinitesimally small moment of eternity on the other side. And you do not want to be on the wrong side, is all I'm telling you. There's a, a lot of my stuff always sounds of fire and brimstone, y'all. I'm sorry. Take it, take from it what you want. I'm conquering things inside myself that need conquering, obviously. What is it that God said? Enough, uh, there was enough of that in me to destroy the world. And I'm looking at a world destroyer right now. So there's a reason why it's so fire and brimstone for me personally. But listen to those beautiful parts of my story, y'all, and take that. And and that's what God wants for us. He wants that for us. The, The thought that a man offering help to you is to be scorned and laughed at and treated like a joke. Especially when when we're talking about he's someone that I'm talking, when I say, I'm talking about he, I'm talking about Jesus Christ. He knows all of the enormous cosmic 
stuff. You want to talk about science? He could wheel it all out as an afterthought. Like just he'll sneeze any science that you want. He'll sneeze it. But let me just wipe my nose here. Oh, here's all your um, anything to solve any question that you could possibly have in science. There you go. Go fancy yourself with that. This man who knows all that cosmic stuff is coming down and not only trying to find the words to tell us about it. It's why he spoke in parables. It's one of the reasons why he spoke in parables. But he's also offering you help. And the thought, it's so perverted, the thought that that's a bad thing. That's funny. That's a joke. Look at this guy. Let's make memes of him. What was it? There was one that I saw, like, Jesus Jesus saves, and it's an animated gif of Jesus Christ on the on the cross um, guarding a, a goal in sar- soccer, and he's knocking uh, soccer balls. You know, he's being a goalie. Ha, ha, ha. Hardy, har, har, har. I am laughing my ass off over here, y'all. It's sick and perverted how a man offering you help is a joke, something to laugh at, something to hate. And it's because of this piece of shit right here that we think that way. All the seduction and all the crap, shut up. Anyways, again, here I am getting all dark. This beautiful man who knows all the cosmic knowledge, he wants you to be his bride, y'all. And have a wedding feast. How there's no other words after that that I need to say. A banquet. That's it. Thank you very much. I think I covered everything there. I think I covered everything. Just I'll do a little bit of an unpacking right here, right now. <laughs> um, God kicking Satan out of me was very similar to God kicking Satan out of heaven. You know, when I was in here talking to God and he was doing it in the moment, I was challenging God because I was like, hey, you know, um, always in, always give them the test. These spirit, these beings that you encounter, give them the Jesus Christ test. And it was it was as if that that that, that God was like, just just shut up. He was almost telling me to shut up because it seemed whatever was going on seemed very important. It was like I was like, hey, 
oh, what do you think about Jesus Christ? And he's like, yes, yeah, yeah, Jesus Christ. But he's like, we're getting to the point here. And I'm like, I was like, no, no, no. The point is, do you think that he is the Messiah and that he died and was uh, resurrected? And and the guy was like, yes, 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 yes. And he goes, it's like, no, 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 no. So the point here is you're going to pay. And, and he's like, the time is now and you are going to pay. And then it said, open up the Bible and start reading. And I was reading a bunch of nonsense. And then it got, it was like, uh, uh, the uh, Paul or I forget what the freaking guy's name, Peter or I don't, I don't remember. But the, the guy that wrote Romans, uh, he's introducing all these different people that he's going to take into Rome. And, and it's like, hey, this person and that person and that person. And, that. and I'm just like, what? God, why do you want me to read all this nonsense? And then it's like, keep reading, keep reading. Boom. That sentence, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. And I was like, oh, this was an intervention. Me talking to God right now and even testing it is still this piece of shit right here. This piece of shit knows what Jesus is. And he's like, oh, well, I got that. I got my sweet little boy, Andrew, here. And he knows about Jesus, right? Well, like, let me do the Jesus test on God. And God's like, don't, don't monkey around with this bullshit. You're going to pay and you get out right now. Yeah, we are on levels of spiritual warfare here where you don't, I can, I can say, do you believe in Jesus and that he's the Messiah? And this thing will say yes. And we'll start to kind of show you how. I closed my eyes and I saw this weird artistic crap. It was a pathetic attempt, buddy. It's the difference between um, Michelangelo and a just run-of-the-mill friggin' junkie artist. It was crap. And I sniffed it, and I was like, that does not look like the work of God. And then God showed me what the real work was. And you can go fuck yourself, buddy. The levels that you will stoop to. You can go fuck yourself. I haven't used that word in a while, y'all. You can go fuck yourself and then go fuck off right back into that gutter where you came from. How does it feel, man? (laughs) How does it feel? You're the king of shit. And God told me that 
you have no power. And I'm terrified at what I just said. Terrified. And I'm going to pray every freaking day in the morning, begging for Jesus and his intimacy as a barrier and a protection to get you the fuck away from me and permanently. I want to wash myself in the blood of Christ daily as a devotion, but also as armor to get you the fuck away from me for good. And I fucking mean it this time, man. You better believe me this time that I mean it. Wipe your ass with that all you want. But do it away from me. Okay, y'all. Okay. Okay. I hate using uh, overused, trite phrases, especially ones from the movie Anchorman. But all I gotta say is, well, that escalated quickly. That went from zero to epically biblical, especially on a freaking microdose, so fast, infinitely fast. I mean, Satan himself, y'all? This is... This is no, I mean, it never was fun. Don't get me wrong. If you go back to the the first episode, y'all, I talk about how none of this psychedelic stuff is fun. At least it isn't for me. And even the very beautiful stuff, y'all, as beautiful as it is, like like I said in, in so many episodes, it's like dying of beauty is also not fun. All right. If I could choose any way to die, it would be beauty, but it's still death. Okay. But regardless, I mean... I went from being blasted by infinity and, and the craziness there, and now, uh, you know, in, in, in that last ayahuasca trip, and then I, I do this little microdose, and friggin' Satan shows up, y'all. This is getting freaking crazy. And I, um, you know, went on a little bit of a tirade uh, uh, on him. I don't know if you noticed that. I uh, really hope I didn't start, uh, like, kick off, you know, kickstart the apocalypse here. I'm already starting to see some kind of weird form of uh, retaliation in, in some uh, to some degree. I mean, unless again, it's just totally coincidental. But the the morning of this trip, you know, this microdose <laughs> rather, uh, before I took any bit of mushrooms, I got on Instagram and saw a video of uh, Grand Canyon caverns. The morning after this experience, I wake up and I see a CNN article of five people that are trapped in an elevator in Grand Canyon caverns. 
Then a little bit later, I see another CNN article of apparently there were a couple of environmentalist uh, activists that uh, vandalized my favorite painting. I'm not that big into paintings or whatever, uh, but there are some that are one of my, you know, some that, that are just amazing. Um, Claude Monet's Haystacks uh, painting is the, the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Someone vandalized it. And this is the day after I talk about my good friend Mario Lopez and his beautiful paintings and kind of rub it in uh, Satan's face that, you know, you, you tried to kill this man and, and, you, and you maimed him and you tried to destroy his life and he is creating beauty with what you did with his paintings. And then what happens the next day, my favorite painting gets vandalized. In fact, I think it was actually that day because the, uh, the, the news article, I saw it the next morning. So it was probably that very freaking day. Either way, y'all, I'm trying to not lose my sanity here. Um, I don't know how real all of this is. Okay, to me, it's very real, and and the, and that makes it very scary. I don't want to turn into one of these like nuts who, uh, you know, gets, uh, you know, some land out in out in the sticks and builds a bunker. And uh, not that I could afford land, but you know, I don't want to become one of these crazy nut survivalist wackos. Okay, I'm gonna try to keep my sanity and just keep trying to do my religious discipline here and keep trying to open the pathways to intimacy with Jesus and so forth. And uh, I'm also going to, of course, add in a little prayer about uh, keep me safe from the the most uh, menacing uh, presence in existence that we know of, <laughs> Satan himself. So, wow is all I can say. And I will talk to you all later. Like I said, this is a bizarre, uh, like, out-of-nowhere trip. I did not expect to see God at all on uh, the the freaking, like, one gram uh, max is what I took. I mean, it's like a tiny bit, and this happens. So, this came out of nowhere. Didn't expect it. Um, anyways, I love you all. Um, let's try to re- uh, maintain our decorum and remain calm. But at the same time, try to get right with God. And if you don't believe in Jesus or whatever, um, I don't know what to tell you, but... Get right with whatever you need to get right with and just pray that you get the right answers. And that's it. I love you all. Oh, and if you haven't found God, find him. Uh, I'll talk to you all later. Bye.